Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I am Roshan Karyapa and I am Gunjan Saha and together we break down the biggest headlines from India's growing startup ecosystem. In this week's episode, we'll be examining the performance of the Startup India initiative that has completed 8 years. And then as the appraisal season is approaching, I'll be asking Roshan about, you know, what the sentiments are for founders as to the hikes. After that, we'll be discussing the distressed acquisition of Zest Money by DMI Group and what it means for the fintech landscape. In our tech segment, we'll be exploring the Indian government's plans to invest around 10,000 crore rupees in building supercomputing and quantum computing hubs across the country. And last but not the least, we'll be discussing Pixel's inauguration of its first spacecraft manufacturing facility in Bangalore. So stay tuned as we explore these exciting topics. Before we start, if you are a regular listener of the Startup Operator podcast, please consider liking this uh, video and sharing it with your friends. And if you are tuning into the channel for the first time, make sure you subscribe to our channel for regular updates from startups and more. Let's get started. Roshan, before we start off with these topics, Apple, you know, released a very nice video of. the manufacturing process the vision pro 2 yeah. what did you think of that it looks sexy man in one word right uh, i don't know i mean it's quite different from uh, apple's previous videos i think previous videos show uh, the use case how these products are actually used i mean and the previous video of the vision pro also showed this guy who was taking meetings uh, you know watching movies yeah. uh, there was a bunch of entertainment stuff as well happening but i think this video maybe because they're saying that is going to launch or whatever um had a whole lot of focus on manufacturing as such right and you mm. could see how it was literally being made and so on and just looks really sexy yeah. uh i think the the vibe is clearly uh, shifting to manufacturing right i mean as uh, at protos things by said on twitter uh, right i mean the vibe is clearly on uh, deep tech and manufacturing but Yeah, uh, what a what a week! I mean, the vibe is also of the Ram Mandir, right? Uh, we have the Pran Pratishtan happening on uh, Monday, and I think it's a it's a mega moment for us. I would say it's a cultural moment in history. Uh, it's the stuff that we will probably be talking to uh, with our kids, grandkids, etc. Right? If we live to be so long, that is, you know. <laughs> not to sound morbid or whatever but but i am it's a it's a moment in time and i mean really like the amount of effort the amount of uh, sacrifice that's gone into making this happen mm-hmm. is is remarkable uh, so jai shri ram well um you know this is of course a very big moment right so what is really mind boggling or rather difficult for me to wrap my head around is the fact that india is home to some of the oldest temples in the world right and these temples have lasted centuries and millennia mm this time with all the modern technology you know we have today we are establishing a new temple and imagine how long this temple will last right and when you think of that scale i mean it's just so amazing yeah it's uh, it's fabulous but uh, you know you look at some of our older temples right i mean uh, i mean they have lasted millennia as well and the 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 precision of the science and the architecture is like it's amazing right to the yeah. degree of uh, you know shadows being cast at a certain angle and you know it, it even boggles my mind how they even cut those huge stones yeah. right i mean some of these are single stone single stone structures as well right so um, yeah we have a we have a rich history in that i would say um, right but i'm really looking forward to going to ayodhya uh, this year 
let's see yeah let's put a note in a bottle and like leave it somewhere so that centuries later someone finds someone it someone finds it let's see yeah we'll say like share subscribe start a pocket they okay. probably see it on the metaverse or something like that <laughs> probably okay but let's get started with the news on january 16th malikarjun kharge who is the president of indian national congress took to x and said that the modi government startup india initiative has remained a non starter and has now become a tool to garner publicity from prime minister modi uh he says that the initiative has miserably fallen short of its delivery so of course we take a look at numbers Uh, the startup in the initiative was of course launched by prime minister modi in january 16th of 2016 and this was focused uh, primarily on building a strong ecosystem for nurturing innovation among startups in the country as of january 16th this year over 1.18 lakh startups were registered with the dpiit which is the department of promotion of industry and internal trade and 2977 of them received income tax exemptions 3,685 startups were funded under the SIDBI fund or fund scheme, which was established in 2016 with a corpus of 10,000 crore rupees, and under the Startup India Seed Fund scheme, which is another flagship scheme of the Startup India program, 747 crore rupees has been approved to 192 incubators who have put in 291 crores in around 1,600 startups. Now, you know, I do not have much time to. evaluate these numbers but one thing for sure that this startup india initiative has achieved is that it has made you know startups a day to day conversation yeah. right and there's a paradigm shift in the mindset towards embracing innovation and risk taking within the country so leaving the numbers aside i think the startup initiative program has been a success yeah it's uh, it's brought to focus startups in a very mainstream fashion uh, right i mean uh the fact that you know the prime minister himself is meeting these startups at every given occasion um right is is phenomenal i should say right um aside from that look i mean overall i think let let's talk about you know some of the expectations that uh, people had right which is that some of this regulatory cholesterol you know as uh, manish sabarwal often says um was eased out uh right uh, some of these uh, laws and regulations uh, were not um i mean that don't need to be as cumbersome uh, are kind of eased out for startups right it's easy to open and shut down companies uh, so on and so forth right i mean to that end well i mean there could definitely have been more progress i would say right everyone is expecting this kind of a single window of clearance uh, of sorts for various things right where it's all digital and so on and and i'm not saying that nothing has happened but yeah there's a lot more that could happen on that front uh, i should say right but uh, you know we had uh, Kaushik Mudda of Ethereal Machines on the podcast some time back, and he spoke about how you know they wouldn't have been able to afford uh, you know some of these uh, you know filing for IP and so on and so forth, right? In in the past, I mean, if it costed you know four or five or eight lakhs uh, for yeah. them to really file those patents, right? But you know, thanks to the government's initiatives, it costed them a few tens of thousands or even less, I should say, right? There are multiple startups like this that have kind of benefited, I would say. The other thing has been to co-opt some of these larger organizations like Israel. Uh, and so on into the fold right i mean israel has been famously partnering with startups and so on and you know you can argue how much of this is the pmos doing right but clearly you know there is a signal top down that you know we have to encourage startups and innovation look in terms of capital inflows and so on i mean i think it's bound to happen where india is geopolitically at this point of time we are bound to attract some of the global capital just make it easy for this capital to come in uh, make it easy for people to trade 
uh, right? Um, it is still quite the struggle for anyone to sort of set up a you know fund to invest in startups, uh, and there's a whole bunch of regulatory compliance that needs to be eased out, uh, right? Um, and maybe you know we will have uh, someone on the podcast to talk about some of these nuances in further detail. But those are the things that people are kind of expecting. They're not really expecting that you know the government starts funding startups tomorrow, right? I mean, God knows there are enough pension funds in Canada or <laughs> elsewhere that will uh, deploy money here i mean if they see a reasonable return right but um, yeah just make it easy on the regulatory compliance front um, that i think uh, will be really important and this is more so important as you know we start moving towards let's say fa- manufacturing uh, hard deep tech and so on and so mm-hmm. forth right where you know you're building physical stuff um, yeah some of these labor laws for example have to be absolutely simplified um you know so i i'm really looking forward to those kind of things mm-hmm. yeah yeah another thing which the government has really successfully done is they've created a very conducive market for the startups to grow right i yeah. mean uh recently there was a report out there which said that the journey to become a unicorn has shortened right the, now the average time taken for a startup to attain the unicorn badge is just 5.5 years and 44 startups in the country have become unicorn in less than 5 years you know i uh, i i just remembered this uh, story that a friend of mine was uh, telling me you know a couple of days back I, you know this guy is one of those uh, little known saas entrepreneurs who's running a very successful business uh, right and uh, he was meeting this uh, person from utah uh, right and he was very conscious of uh, the way he kind of projected uh, himself right so he found himself in a you know five star hotel um uh, nice facility etc and you know this was for a zoom call right because he was warned earlier by someone else that you know this person is uh, you know republican types and uh, uh, you know may not uh, entirely look upon indians very kindly and so on and so forth right so so he was kind of prepped to give that sort of a global uh, you know metropolitan cosmopolitan sort of an outlook to this mm-hmm. gentleman right and they get on a call they have a, a reasonable chat whatever and uh, you know towards the end of the call um you know to much to my friend's surprise uh you know this gentleman from utah does namaste right and uh, says uh, this was very nice talking to you and i know that you know modi has been doing fantastic work in india uh, mm-hmm. there right which kind of blew this no. guy's mind and he was just saying you know that was the largest account he closed right it's um, north of a million dollars and he was saying that it's almost like you know uh, the prime minister was an additional ae on the deal or something <laughs> right he had he had sold india already before yeah. uh, you know he could uh, sell right so i think you know we talk about all the soft power and everything and it really does make a difference mm-hmm. it really really does make a difference right there's a huge value to thinking that you know japanese quality is absolutely amazing to thinking that german precision and engineering is absolutely amazing to think that american branding and marketing and and so on is absolutely amazing heck to think even that you know swiss cheese is really great right i mean there was some cheese competition recently and you know apparently an indian cheese has come out as the number one uh, yeah. in fact right i mean but all of these you have to take with a pinch of salt i mean it could be one of those unesco whatsapp forwards also right <laughs> but uh, you know there is there is a lot of value to soft power actually mm. right and uh, uh, often times i mean you know especially when dealing with the west uh, for a long time i mean you're already dealing from a back foot right um so so 
yeah there is a certain mindset shift that's happening you know one thing that has lately been uh, garnering a lot of attention a product of india is the indian whiskies right i think mm. indian whiskies are definitely out there on the map now absolutely yeah i mean look at amrut look at indri a bunch of these gins also right hapusa and so on i mean they're they're top class i would say uh, right and uh, i don't know how many of you guys follow this whiskey bible right i mean all of these are consistently rated above 95 on the whiskey yeah. bible um you know and amazing value for money also mm-hmm. right amrut is like all of these are less than 100 dollars you know and for context i mean a good macallan or something will cost you like how much is that 400 300 400 dollars right so almost 4x so i i see a lot of uh, you know this kind of stuff right wine cheese yeah. hospitality should sampling of whiskey yeah. yeah should we do a sampling let us know in the comments yeah all right let's get back okay now let's move on to a very important topic right uh, the appraisal season is coming up and indian startup employees are you know expecting the worst according to inc 42's annual survey 62% of startups plan to keep appraisals below 20% in the next fiscal and of course this comes after a tough year for indian startups they face challenges for fundraise and also um, sales however there's hope for the job market as 90% of founders surveyed said that they have expansion plans on their agenda for the next year sectors like fintech clean tech and emerging technologies may provide new opportunities for employments the indian startup ecosystem is aiming for a better year in 2024 focusing on innovation and sustainability but roshan what do you think how, how are the hikes going to be in your team see i, I mean i'm going to sound like a, a doomer here or a boomer i don't know which one uh, but look i think there's a whole bun- there's a whole generation of people in startups today who think that like their salary is dropped from the skies or something you know that, that at the end of the month you know it just like magically appears in their bank account i still am part of the generation that you know thought that you know salaries i mean if you were earning x you had to sort of generate 3 to 5x of that you know for your company i don't know how many of uh, how, i i don't know how many of them really think about it that way you know in terms of what you are generating for the company also and yeah i mean there's been an over inflation of salaries i would say because of the bull run right 21 22 and one thing about salaries is they're always set you know uh, up until uh, they they never uh, you don't find depreciating salaries they may remain flat for a while right but they don't depreciate so which means that there's a higher base on which that uh, you know appraisals have to be paid out right so so i kind of you know uh, sympathize with founders on this one you know because the market has been set to a certain level uh, right and uh, it is what it is for every two or three people who are saying about these things i mean there are there's always one or two who are irrational about it mm-hmm. right and who think that the good times might come back but i feel like this year i think is a hard reality check right um i don't think a lot of startups will pay out because uh, you know this year again there's a lot of ambiguity uh, you know um the us elections are here uh, right and uh, i don't think the funding environment will be back to normal for a year 18 months maybe even two years who knows right uh, so everyone literally is trying to nickel and dime and just hope that you know they can hold on to as much of the uh, run as much of the capital as possible to impact the runway So yeah I mean I wish I had better news but uh, the good thing is that you know hopefully you'll still have a job I suppose <laughs> Okay but um you have been in the startup ecosystem for I think what 15 years now Yeah so what advice do you have for people you know who want to negotiate a better appraisal 
is this your appraisal uh, pre conversation yeah, that we're having this huh? is for our viewers well i mean uh, and also me <laughs> look i mean i think you obviously have to have a more open relationship with your manager right which is that you guys i mean i hope that you guys talk about career and money and work you know more than a few times in your uh, you know in a year right it should not come down to that one conversation you're going to have at the end of the year and magically each of you will understand exactly what the other wants and you know voila i mean something great will come out for both of you all right i mean it isn't as simple as that right i mean you need to have a uh, reasonable expectation set on both fronts uh, so in order for you to negotiate i mean i recorded a reel sometime back i think we'll probably link it in the in the description uh, one is to set expectations way way before your appraisal actually happens um, the second thing is to be very explicit about the value that you've delivered for the organization i mentioned 3 to 5x figure out how you can sort of demonstrate that value right um and and the third thing is to not treat this as a sort of a binary thing right you give me this or else kind of a conversation which uh, you know people in leadership absolutely hate that kind of conversation so figure out a road map to achieving that number you know i mean if i have to hit that particular number you know what will it take for me to do that right uh, that is a more productive conversation i would say so but uh, do check out that reel i mean i've articulated it in a little more detail um yeah that is a good starting point i would say awesome so you're all set to have that conversation with me gunjan i thought i already had those conversation on a daily basis yeah <laughs> all right moving on to the next topic dmi group acquires zest money in a distressed sale dmi finance has been contemplating the acquisition of zest money for several weeks now and has been competing with the likes of aditya billa capital piramal and hero fincorp However, Aditya Billa and Piramal backed out of the deal a few days ago, citing high exposure, which amounts nearly to seven hundred to eight hundred crore rupees in the Zest Money deal. Now, Zest Money was a company that was once valued at around five four hundred and seventy-five million dollars, but you know, last month in December, they had to shut down shop, and one of the primary reasons for it was the change in regulatory environment. Right. So, what do you make of this update? Well, we've spoken often enough about uh, Zest Money as well. Uh, we'll perhaps link an older episode of uh, theirs. Uh, look, I mean, the entire you know BNPL uh, game has changed, right? After the RBI regulations, uh, uh, which basically are you know screwing some of these intermediaries in in that sense, right? Zest Money did have uh, it did introduce a bunch of tech innovation, I would say, uh, right? In terms of converting your one-time payments to EMI and so on, uh, offering you a seamless loan and uh that still i think could be valuable for a traditional lender uh right whether that is uh, you know abc or hero fund corp or uh, dmi as well right and and here i think dmi has come up in front uh so yeah i mean they probably going to acquire them for the technology and for some of these new age uh, users that uh, they may have garnered right i mean um, i don't know how you value some something like this right but uh, yeah well, what is the what is the deal they've signed up uh that number has not been disclosed ah okay but i'm guessing it's a distress sale so i mean definitely yeah. at a way less than the uh, valuation yeah sure cut. sure yeah yeah okay another exciting news from last week is that the center will be allocating around 10000 crore rupees for building super computing and quantum computing hubs across the country wow uh, f- this will be done in collaboration with private sector through public private partnerships 
These proposed hubs aim to provide access to high-performing computing utilizing either a leasing model or a computing-as-a-service approach, particularly benefiting startups, micro, small and medium enterprises and other companies. The initial plans involve setting up comp quantum computing hubs that will be uh, used primarily for by education institutions and government research and development. But this is very exciting news because if you look today, this quantum computing powers are really enjoyed by the likes of developed countries like UK, Germany and the US. But for a country like India, I think, you know, having the supercomputing powers will really be beneficial because one, India is still highly dependent on agriculture and our country still struggles with, you know, severe cases of drought and cyclones, right? And this happens on a yearly basis. And by analyzing the weather patterns and the various data we collect, we will be able to provide better information to farmers so that they are, you know, prepared for such calamities. Another aspect which I think will really benefit us as a country is that given our diversity, right, and the various welfare schemes that the center comes up with, the analytical power of supercomputers will enable us to devise better welfare schemes and also see how the schemes are being passed on to the grassroots levels. What are the impact they are having at a grassroots level? Yeah. So while people may argue that Ki, hey, there are better problems to solve in India, the money can be invested elsewhere. I think this itself is, is a solution that will catalyze a lot of things in society. Yeah, there's a real race for computing power, right? I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, some report came up that Facebook uh, is buying record number of NVIDIA chips, for instance, right? Or Meta, I should say, right? Uh, so there is really like everyone kind of recognizes that. I mean, one crazy theory that, uh, you know, someone floated the other day was that, you know, the Web3 crash has resulted in the AI boom because previously all of the compute power was being used to mine crypto, which uh, kind of, you know, was used used for uh, this LLM and AI stuff instead, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know whether that has any credence, but possible, theories. right? I mean, uh, so compute power is precious and uh, yeah, we should definitely like amp up on that. Okay, another exciting news, Pixel inaugurates its first spacecraft manufacturing facility in Bangalore. The company said that this new facility is a comprehensive assembly, integration and testing facility to allow the company to scale for large scale satellite manufacturing. Pixel has launched three Pathfinder hyperspectral satellites and plans for a constellation of 24 satellites in total. Uh, we had a waste in the podcast uh, recently and there was a fantastic conversation. Uh, but while I was exploring, you know, the space sector as a domain for startups, what I kind of realized that the stage at which we are in today, it's more of like a solution that is in look looking for a problem, yeah. right? We are getting a lot of data, in fact, better data from our spatial satellites. But how the data is going to be repackaged and, you know, turned into use cases that is still left to be figured out. Yeah, I mean, this is that whole category creation process, right? I mean, uh, so obviously the data would be useful. And this is a question that I pose to Aves as well, right? In terms of how do you paint that vision for your prospects who don't yet really know that uh, they need something like this, right? And uh, I, I would say this is as common as uh, someone inventing a new drug for something or, you know, um, so this is classic category creation, right? I mean, we had Banu of Banzu on the podcast, uh, you know, uh, just last <laughs> do you week. Think, do you think it's a EdTech thing to name a company after you have Baiju's for Baiju's, you have Banu for Banzu, you have Khan for Khan? Yeah, I mean, it could be that. Very astute uh, observation, Gunjan. 
but uh, anyway coming back to the <laughs> coming back to the topic i mean it is just category creation and i know it's immensely hard uh, right you have to paint a vision you have to show people a whole new way of doing things and so on uh, but do check out that uh, podcast we did with aves uh, it's a fantastic uh, episode um, he answers this and uh, a lot more in fact yeah Awesome. So uh, now before we move on to the talk of the town section, here are some of the biggest fundraisers of the week. Wow Momo raised $49 million from Khazana, National Berhad and Oaks Asset Management. Fintech startup FinAGG Technologies raised $11 million from Tata Capital, Blue Orchard, Sidby, Prime Venture Partners and others. Aqua Culture Technology startup Aqua Exchange raised around $6 million from Ocean 14 Capital, India Partners and others. EV startup Alt Mobility raised $6 million from Shell Ventures, Eurasio, EV2 Ventures, Twinam, Use Inclusive and the likes. And manufacturing automation startup Groyo raised $5.4 million from Lighthouse Canton and Trifecta Capital. Well, looks like manufacturing is definitely coming, is manufacturing is becoming sexy again. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we started the podcast by yeah. kind of saying that uh, we're going to have Abhinav Das of Orangewood um in the uh on, on the show soon right and uh, they're building robots and stuff i mean it should be a pretty cool conversation Wait, gray orange you mean no orange wood orange wood what yeah gray orange is uh different so, so so these guys are based up north as well so they're based in noida mm -hmm. um so yeah it, it'll be interesting talking to abhinav another astute observation does orange have to do anything with robots <laughs> i i think you had a good one with the the previous <laughs> joke you should have mind cashed out when <laughs> you still had it yeah okay so ashish chandorkar right really put out a very interesting tweet hmm. uh, which is showing the working age population with income over 10000 dollars and that is growing at a 12% cagr this is across 2019 to 2023 uh, he says the total number of people with an income over 10000 dollars in the working age population of india has grown at a cagr of 12.6% over FY19, FY23. Now, why is this such an important statistic for the economy? Well, it's it's amazing. I think he is uh, referring to a Goldman Sachs report here, uh, right? I mean, it just shows you that the spending power is increasing. Uh, you know, we often reference this per capita income kind of a thing, right? But India is also many different Indias because we are such a large country, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, you should check out the uh, Silicon Valley report uh, by Bloom Ventures, uh, which kind of talks about this various different Indias, right? I mean, they call it India 1, India 2, and India 3. Um, and uh, India 1 or India 2, even though they're a fraction of the country, could be uh, as, as big as uh, the US or, you know, uh, Mexico or any other country, right? I mean, uh, so they could be a country by themselves. Uh, so there is value in building products and services for them, right? Now, for long, there has been this trope that, you know, Indians don't pay and... Uh, Maybe to an extent that is true, obviously, but that seems to be soon changing, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at any of these consumer products that are being developed, I think uh, there's a lot more aspiration today, uh, right, in the people. And that's kind of reflected in the uh, in the money they're making and also, in, more importantly, in the money they're spending, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting report. Uh, do check out uh, the Goldman Sachs report as well. We'll probably link to it in the description. Yeah, more work for our producer. <laughs> 
Okay, awesome. So with that, we come to the end of roundup number one forty. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to our channel for regular updates. And if you want these updates to be delivered straight in your WhatsApp inbox, you'll find the WhatsApp link in the description below. Uh, let us know in the comments as to how we are doing and what are some of newer topics that you would want us to talk about. We'll definitely try to cover them in the upcoming episodes. All right, folks. We hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we'll be back again next week with more exciting updates. Until then, take care. Thank you. See you soon. And Jai Shri Ram.